Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The speeds are too damn fast, and the bikes are too fast. Dirt starts, that's outdoors to me. Yeah, fair point. What's up? Welcome to Title 24, presented by NBC Sports. I'm Ricky Carmichael, alongside Ryan Villapoto. Uh, before we get going, thank you United Motorsports, Quad Lock Case, and of course, Boxo USA for tagging along. There's some great partners. Uh, wouldn't be here without them. And like I said, of course, from the great folks at NBC Sports and uh, RV, we're going to uh, just we're going to hop right into it. You were at Hangtown this weekend, a lot of buzz, um, obviously Chase uh, sitting out. We'll get into that. Uh, but your initial reactions of what you saw, both 250, 450 track, go for it. Yeah, man, it's uh, whew, it, well, finally, we had a first our first warm one. I wouldn't call it hot, but it was definitely warm. Um, you could see that on some of the guys, um, you know, after, after races, you know, guys are bringing out cooling vests and, uh, you know, things like that, you know, so that was good to see. Definitely. Yeah. we got Joe right here in an ice bucket, Carson getting out of his ice bucket here, ice trash can, but, uh, you know, that's good. It's outdoors. Love to see that. Um, Hanktown's always a special place for me. It was always round one. So, um, you know, it's always, uh, it's always an, an, an joy, um, a lot of fun to go back to Hangtown. Haven't been back in a while. So that was good. You know, as for the track, I was, uh, I guess I was a, a little bit surprised. Um, uh-huh. I thought looking at the track when we, when we showed up Saturday morning at practice, I thought it looked like it was rushed. And why I say that is, is um, man, some of the sections are, I know the track Hangtown has a tendency to be one line, um, which is okay. We need these tracks that are, are, that are a bit one line that are hard to pass on. Um, and they just can't all be super fast, wide open, easy to pass on. But what I thought was a bit interesting is, is parts of the track, they left like two or three feet of actual track um, before it actually went off into what I would call the side of the track. So, um, they left two or three feet, not to say that they were going to use all that, those two or three feet in, in some of the areas, but, um, yeah, I just thought, man, it, it, they could have done a little bit better job on the prep and, and getting the track, um, a little opened up coming down some of the Hills, um, coming down the very first Hill, um, actually from when the, what we would call the old step up, but now it right. was double, double, double up the Hill, um, coming down that that's a, spe- a specific spot. I was like, man, there's like three foot of track over here on the, on the side of it that, that you can't use it because they, they didn't windrow it with the blade of the dozer enough. Right. Um, right. And it just made it a bit one line. So I know some guys were complaining about that. Everybody's got to race it, but from a, 
from uh, X racer and fans perspective, um, I would have liked to see a little bit better prep job done on the track. Yeah. Um, do you know, like we were talking this before we started, started recording here today. Isn't, I mean, I know for Supercross, but isn't MX like, don't they have guidelines of the width of the track and how wide? I believe, I believe they do, Ricky. I believe they do. I think it's supposed to be, um, don't quote me on this. No, I I want to say it's like, um, 22 feet wide or, or more 25 feet wide or something. And, uh and, um, you know, just the big sky shot jump that, uh, that has that, that, uh, you come yeah. a single before it, like that single, you could barely put two bikes on. I thought, you know, it was very, very narrow. Um, like I said, don't get me wrong. I like a one line track. If you go and look at a lot of European tracks for MXGP, um, it just makes the start that much more critical. Maybe your racing strategy is a little bit different than racing at Red Bud or Bud's Creek or some of these other bigger tracks. So I like the diversity in the tracks, but, uh, I do think that um, they could have done just a bit better of a job on, on the prep. On prep. Yeah. On the prep. Um, mm-hmm. I, I like from watching and like I said, you were there. I mean, it definitely, it looked like it was racing narrow and I just never could tell if it was from the actual width. I thought some of the narrowness was kind of coming from just how the track was laid out. You know, when you kind of have those, 90 degree corners it does seem like it races it races narrow but is the that's why i asked you you know is it regulated is there a standard width that the track has to be and you can see right here this is an overview of the track and it certainly does look like it's relatively narrow especially compared to last week and i say narrow the, like yeah just the width isn't uh, very wide um, here's a section when they come down this is before the old finish line kind of mm-hmm. right here RV is where I thought that it, it felt narrow to me, this, this yep. right-hander and left-hander right here. Was that the, is that what you got while you're there? That particular. I did. Story? I did. And, and look, I, I, like I say, I, I'd like to see these, the different diversity in the tracks and having it be narrow in spots. But I do feel like if it, we know, for instance, the old finish line right there, we know that 98% of the race is probably going to be ran inside. But if that's the case, I just feel like, put a little bit of a berm on the outside. It's going to be the farthest way around it. It's the hardest to get to. So open it up for guys that maybe are getting a bad start. Like say, if you got a, you got a top three guy, top five guy that's in a 12th position. Yeah. Because he's Clay's close rate on some of those guys are a lot faster, right. like given, give them an option to go other places. Mm-hmm. Um, but without a berm or without a, a wind row, of dirt on the outside, there's really, they just got to follow suit, which I guess mm-hmm. is racing. Um, I yeah. guess it's, it's part of the sport. I don't know. I would just, I would like to see a little bit more of an option out there. Um, and maybe a little less jumps, like for instance, going up the, the long uphill up to the right. elevated kind of turn where it's got the option where you got the inside roll or you go outside and you, and you step off. Right. Um, yeah. Those that. are where that's where jet was going quad um, mm-hmm. up the hill. Right. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, those used to be rollers where you could actually like mm-hmm. lob the front wheel. You weren't really jumping. You might catch a combination here or there, yeah. but I think it promotes more racing when totally. wheels are on the ground instead mm-hmm. of you're in the air and you got to follow suit just to jump the jumps. Right. Right. Um, the two fifty class, you and I were talking uh, yesterday and dude, you're like spot on. I think you even talked about this last week on the show but um 
Dude, that in the 250, that four through like 13th or 12th, <laughs> it's, I mean, literally we talked about it. I, now it's coming back, you know, I can rethink of and remember what we were saying. It's like, dude, it, it's like musical chairs. It was, man. It was, uh, Honestly, like you had, uh, you know, uh, Hayden out front first moto had of, you know, Cooper made a couple runs on him. You yep. had Vial also. Uh, that was a really good pass, right? They were watching a pass by a Ferris. He put a, like an expert move on Vial. Yeah. You know, like uh, it did that. Look, the track did race well in certain spots and you had to really uh, pick your points of where you were going to pass. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, fourth through, I think 13th were all factory motorcycles. Um, and the wow. dude, I'm telling you, I was sitting in, in mechanics area yeah. and I was watching the race and you'd have first come through. Okay. Two seconds, mm-hmm. third, second, come through a second and a half third come through and then from fourth to 13th it was just like you said musical chairs guys were all over each other it was a dog fight from from fourth through 13th which man it was um it was really interesting to see guys were guys were uh swapping around meaning positions and um you know it was uh it was it was a really good race to watch from from fourth through 13th i can tell you that and that and you know when it's like that so our listeners and viewers watching in and and someone like like RV will tell you is you take a guy like RJ Hampshire for example and when you get in that mix of 4th to 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 12th and you get shuffled around you know before you know it you're buried in points compared to the two top guys of Deegan and Hunter Lawrence right now. You have to say that those guys are the two favorites after this next weekend or this past weekend. Uh, now, after this weekend, RJ, everyone's like, okay, yeah, title contender for sure. Dude, he's, a, he's already a moto back after this weekend. Mm. Yeah, you know, like like right? that's – no, I 100% agree, and I think that's been RJ's, you know, go back to round one, Paula. Yeah. Pulls out, pulls out, you know, gets a good start, gets yep. into the lead pulls away, knocks down a moto win. But then his, his, his second moto, right. Was a, was a 11th, I think like yeah. you, we, you know, if you're a championship contender, which yeah, totally. technically on paper he is, yeah. but you're, you, you, that's slipping into your fingertips already really quick. Now you're going, like you said, a moto down. Now you're, that's a lot of points to, to regain without, having those other dudes either a bike problem or making a major mistake, which Hunter to make a major mistake. No, I don't know if that's going to happen. I think Deegan, his, he's going to have a, um, a, a call it a mistake at, you know, one of these rounds, but the fight that Deegan has, like as long as his bike's in good condition, he's healthy after, after that mistake or whatever that may be, he's mm-hmm. going to fight his way back up into inside the top 10 or inside the top five. So your point spread isn't big. You can't be running around in, in, in 11th, like he did at, at second moto at Paula. No, no, not against, not against a guy like Hunter Lawrence, who is so polished mm-hmm. from a championship aspect. And, and in, like I talked about it last week, you know, when I see Hayden Deegan, I see I see someone like you, uh, your rookie year when you you, you came out in the yep. 50, number fifty one, and then uh, you just you know you find a way, and it's still early. Uh, he's got some growing to do, and he is. Go- he, I think he'll make some mistakes like you talked about, but you don't want to get this guy to catch fire. And and RV, you know it better than anybody because you lived it. Once you learned how to win. 
um, that first season when you you got your championship, you you're you're hard to beat, dude. You know what I mean? It's- somebody somebody said that, and I said, look, dude. I said if Hayden's ever gonna have a call it a rookie learning year um, and come out swinging next year, these guys are are going to have to be on their game. I know Joe's gonna still be in the class, um, switching teams over to Honda. Um, but man, the way Hayden's riding and the the races that he's gonna get under his belt. And man, let's, let's face it. He's a, he's a really, he's a pretty good starter and he's able to make moves on guys. Uh, and I think next year, like I said, I was telling, um, somebody at the race this weekend next year, I bet you, I'd bet money on it between supercross and motocross. He, he wins one of them. Oh yeah, for sure. You'd be, yeah, you'd be a silly not to, not to bet on one of those to your point, because, Look, look how well he's doing now. And you just have to assume that he's going to get better from all the data and all the results that we have seen from him. It supports exactly what you're saying. So it'll be, it'll be certainly interesting. Uh, a couple things, dude, I want to talk about that lapper that clobbered up uh, uh, sushi. Like yeah. what, what in the, what was happening like that? I saw a replay on Peacock and that kid never even looked back over. Okay, here's a replay of the incident. Watch. He does he goes to back on the main line and never looks right. Like what? Yeah, you know, it's I mean, look it, at this. Yeah. I mean, just just uh bad managing yeah. managing his his race. Obviously, you're in the lappers, you got the blue flag. Um you know, it's, it's tough, especially in an off camber like that, like as a, as a lapper and you coming into a section of the track that is super one line like that, um, you have to be aware of your surroundings. And, and he Hardy had been lapped by a couple guys previously to that because, you know, uh, Joe and Ryder were, I think they were in, in Hampshire, they were like fourth through sixth or fifth yeah. through seventh, somewhere right there. So, um, that lapper had already been lapped and, and yeah, that's, uh, totally on, 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 on lapper's fault, hundred percent, you know, and, yeah. and, uh, it collected Joe up, you know, like, looked like Hayden got into, got into the side of him, Hayden just, just squeaked by and, uh, it wasn't enough for Joe and, and Ryder and the guys behind. Yeah. Um, <laughs> for the record to everyone listening in title 24 listening, or if you're watching us on YouTube, Joe is completely cool with us calling him sushi. He even has it on the on the back of his pants. Um, I think it's cool. I think it. I think it's awesome how he embraces that. So uh, we've got clearance. Uh, oh, just... I love that nickname. I love <laughs> it. It's good, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, yeah. That's hey, one of my favorite ones. He is such a dude. He's such a good guy. If if, if you guys don't follow Joe Shimoda on social media, it's hard not to like that guy. How is he like? How is he in like around the rig and stuff like that? Yeah. So around the rig, he's the same kind of thing, uh, uh, quiet, reserved, but then he, he'll come out and he was putting his gear on and, and, uh, he comes out and goes, man, my, my gear's drippy, huh? Yeah. You know, and in the way he says it in his accent and, yeah. <laughs> and you just got to start, start that. <laughs> yeah, so buddy. Good. It's, it's, it's good looking stuff. You know, it's just the hey, way he says it, you know, it's funny. You, you, you talked about, you were down on the track and we got some, uh, we got some B roll of the save of the weekend by Jalik Swole. Massive shout out to you, bud, for being aware. But uh, watch how close that oh. Jalik gets to this little kid. Little kid doesn't even see it. I mean, yeah, dude, RV, gnarly. we can't be having you go down. Stay, stay clear. Look at this. Uh, Jalik, 
heck of a save there, bud. Uh, way to look out for that poor little kid there. That was unbelievable. Dude. Yeah, actually, um, oh. I believe Cooper went off the track in the exact same spot in one of the moto, I think moto one or moto two, I don't remember. But all of a sudden I see him blow in from mechanics area. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa where'd he just come from? Right. And then, so same thing, old finish line. When, when these guys come out of that left-hander, they want to like scrub the jump and get back to the left. Right. Well, the track there was, there wasn't a, a lot of real estate over on the left. Like pretty much everybody was landing in a 12 inch patch, Got it. Uh, which ruler size patch. And, you know, you move over another six inches, you land on a little more cobbly stuff. Like right. you have to stand the bike up and run off the track there. And then you're on part of the mechanics road there, which is hard pack blue groove. So for Jalik to go off there and then lock it up, throw right. that thing sideways and just, miss the miss that kid you know that was good good heads up riding from him you know like that stuff's not tacky right there and no <laughs> no it's lucky he didn't high side too look how yeah. he's completely leaned over dude if that thing would have like, grabbed oh yeah man, no the and board. then <laughs> he, didn't even see, he didn't even see it the little kid does, doesn't even see him he's looking left and jaleek sweeps up the inside yeah oh. yeah no it was definitely a close one so that was that was you know that shows you how you know, the, the thought process of some of these writers, and I know you've done it. I've done it before. Oh, yeah. You're like, you're like, holy, that was so close. That was yeah. so close. And, yeah. Well, um, I mean, yeah, I've, I've had some close encounters and I've blowed some dudes down for sure at uh, <laughs> Dallas. I was at, <laughs> at zero control. I felt so bad. I'm like, oh, dude, I'm going to just cream this guy. I think I, I think I took out a couple of people that night. Um, yeah, a couple hey, of camera guys. From what I know you're busy, like with the 250s, you know, that's kind of your jam there on the weekends, but the little bit, if at all, if you were able to watch the 450 and what I could see from the broadcast RV, um, I mean, Jet, Jet, Jet is Jet, right? I think he's out there. He's, he's on cruise. He's toying with those guys. I don't think we need to waste too much time on, on him, but we're watching the uh, start of the, um, of the 450 class. And yeah, he just, you know, Jet gets out front and, and the rest is history. I just think he maintains the gap that he has, if he needs to wick it up a little bit, um, you know, that that's what he does. But the guy that I feel did really well and the box score doesn't show it is AP. And it looked like he was fired up too at something. Did you, did you hear about that? Like after the first moto? Yeah. Something I heard some, something about a sushi roll or when he fell, or I think he was kind of, you know, uh, complaining or talking about track prep and things like that. Uh, really? Well, yeah. like, what, what was his beef? Just the prep in general? Yeah, I I didn't get to the the real gist of it, you know. I think, uh, like I said, I wasn't I wasn't listening. This is all kind of hearsay, so maybe I'm I'm way way off. But yes, he uh, he uh, I think I think I think a lot of guys were after practice. You know, I had talked to AC, you know, and he's man the track. You know, everybody had a little bit on the track, you know, and especially with the 450. You know, like like the 250 guys, maybe not as much, but with the power the 450s have, right. um, you know, and and, and look. The one thing about Hangtown, you've raced it a ton of times. Like, yep. if you if you're a little bit not feeling it, or the motorcycle's a little bit off at Hangtown, it really is magnified at Hangtown. And I believe that Paula too, but Hangtown with the acceleration bumps, um, with the dirt being a bit more, it's a lot more clay based. They didn't put a lot of sawdust or yep. back in the day they'd put. Remember they'd put the, the 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 kernel of the rice in it, the husk of the rice. Yeah, um, yep. and it would get really soft and things like that. So. As these ruts develop and then it got hot, like the track dries out and those those bumps become 
curbs and the ruts become curbs. Like it's not so very forgiving. It's not forgiving on the motorcycle. So if you're a little bit riding tight or the bike's just a little bit off, it's definitely magnified there. Um, but as for AP, yeah, I believe watching him ride, uh, you know, the, the bit that I got to watch him, he was riding well. He was, I feel like we're going to see some really strong rides from AP coming up here. I think he's kind of back into finding his own and, and uh, you know, this is kind of, I think, you know, I know we, we know he's a good supercross rider, but yeah. I would, I would um, say that he's, he's a better all around motocross rider than, mm -hmm. than in, in the different conditions. Great mud rider. Mm -hmm. Great. You know, he's, he's kind of got a lot of, a lot of tools in his toolbox for outdoors, not to say he doesn't for supercross, right. but I think if he can finish out outdoors up there on the, you know, a couple of times on the box racing for that second and third spot, I believe we see a, a potentially a different AP for, for, for the last uh, SMX rounds. Hey, it's um, one thing that has been pretty, pretty amazing. I mean, you can never sleep on the guy's skills because he's a multi-time champion, especially Supercross is uh, Cooper Webb. I mean, just quietly knocking down those podiums. He's second in the SMX points. Uh, which would be key. You certainly don't want to be spointing. There you go. There's the uh, SMX World Championship, 450 class points after round 19. Cooper Webb's 38 points behind Chase Sexton. Be interesting to see if Sexton comes back anytime soon. If he's got mono, gosh, only knows. Yeah, it's, to be honest, Ricky, when, when, when uh, I think it was Friday morning, somebody's like, oh, Chase isn't racing. I'm like, what? I didn't hear that this. Like, I'm kind yeah. of involved in this industry. And I'm like, I didn't know he went down. I think it was Tuesday uh, mm -hmm. at Paula is what I heard. It was mm -hmm. Tuesday. But then he rode, I believe he rode Wednesday at, at Elsinore from, from IG footage, um, from just, you know, uh, yeah. trolling around on Instagram. Um, I believe he rode Wednesday. Um, so maybe not feeling right, you know, with his body, obviously with his head too. And they decided to sit it out, which is a total bummer. Yeah, um, total bummer. Because honestly, like, Right now, with where Dylan's at, where Coop's at, where AP's at, like it looked like Jet. If Jet was riding around at probably seventy percent, I hate yeah. to say that. I, mm -hmm. I the kid had definitely a bit more in the tank, um, you know. So taking away his main competitor was uh, was a bit of a bummer. I wasn't wasn't expecting that. No, that yeah, that, I I wasn't either. But he definitely hit the deck hard in that practice crash at Paula. We talked about that, and then. Obviously, they, they talked to uh, Lars Lindstrom, the uh, HRC Honda team manager there during the race uh, broadcast, and he was talking about how he had taken a, he had taken a uh, crash and uh, wasn't feeling right, so, uh, and he was diagnosed with a concussion, um, and then, um, then he also wasn't feeling right, is what Lars mm -hmm. was saying. Uh, so, yeah, I, and I was I, – honestly – when I saw that Chase wasn't racing RV, I thought it was like a meme or something that something like someone was being funny, right? Because I'm kind of like, you and I, we're connected. We'll yeah. hear things before it gets uh, posted out there and then boom. It's like a bombshell. I'm like, what? No way. It, it was. Like, seriously, I think we were Friday morning where we were, we were um, we, or Friday when we got to got to Hangtown. I think we were in the hotel and it's like, oh, we're chasing racing. I'm like, what? Like, I, I had no idea. Like, it was totally, I was, I was actually shocked. Yeah. Well, Chase, we hope you uh, feel better soon. Uh, hate that for you, dude. You've had an incredible season so far, but uh, I know you're strong. We know you will uh, bounce back from it first and foremost. Get that, uh, 
get that melon feeling right. That's the most important thing, I think, especially when you become our age, RV, it uh, pays dividends when you, when you take care of that brain. So uh, we hope he feels better. I want to thank our sponsors, United Motorsports, um, Quad Lock Case, and of course, Boxo USA, unitedmotorsports.com. Great, great company. Um, Boxo's in there. You can go online. Um, they also, they, they have a uh, 10% off. It's called uh, Title24 is the promo code. You can use that site-wide. Like I said, 10% off of your, of your purchase. And then Quad Lock Case, um, every, every week we have a Quad Lock question of the week. Uh, this week is, is going to be a good one, interesting one that's going to lead us into the next topic. And then last, uh, Boxo USA, great, great company. You can see uh, the Monster Energy Star Yamaha team. They use uh, Boxo USA, got a great setup. Uh, if you haven't seen um, everything they had to offer, especially like their shop stuff, check out. Um, uh, we rolled a, a feature during the Supercross season, kind of behind the scenes deal of the race shop there. So uh, you can see boxes set up there. So it's pretty cool. But nevertheless, we thank you guys. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a house. It's your home. The place that's filled with memories. The early days of figuring it out. To the later years of still figuring it out. For the place you've put down roots, trust Amica Home Insurance. Amica, empathy is our best policy. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is what uh, this is where we're going to go into the quad lot question of the week, RV. And I don't necessarily know that it's um, it's a question. It's more of a statement and certainly a hot topic. And it's from Denny Stevenson. If you don't know Denny Stevenson, I used to love watching the guy. He was uh, racing. Um, he was a regional Supercross champ, East Coast, I believe it was around the 1990-ish time. I believe. I, I, I know I'm probably got my my years wrong. However. Um, when I used to go to like Tampa Supercross and, and uh, Daytona, I was, you know, I looked up to him. So um, anyhow, he, uh, he, he brought up a hot topic last week. And I know <laughs> I'm rambling right here. And this is, this is, uh, <laughs> this is Instagram post. And you can tell that uh, Debo is, is fired up. And to paraphrase, it, it basically says, the sport is not protecting their best assets, the riders, by making these tracks so fast fix it. Uh, check it out in there. Um, we've talked about it before. And, you know, at first you hear all this, this jabber about, you know, there's too many races. This is why the guys are getting hurt. And listen, uh, you and I raced what 
28, 31 weekends a year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we, we made it through. I'm, I'm not sure other than the speeds being a little bit faster. I don't know what's different. Uh, other than that, yeah, the guys are super, super talented, but I, like, are they implying that we weren't doing something good or we weren't fast? And we, that's why we were able to handle 31 races. Um, you know, they talk about the tracks as well. And I still stick to what I feel is the, the biggest problem is and the biggest challenge is just how fast the motorcycles are. Um, that like, if you, if you look at it, you know, that's, that's the biggest thing, in my opinion, that that has changed. This is where Chase Sexton we're watching right now. That's his tip over he had uh, in practice at Pala, right? He's going, he loses his balance, cross ruts, and then it's the instant stop that is the, is the big thing. He's not, this is, a, this is a special case. Like, he's not going overly fast, but boom, mm. he just stops immediately. And that's, you know, that's what happens. But then when you take other crashes during the week, I know. I, I know I'm rambling on RV and you're probably tired of listening to me, but dude, it's just, you can do what you want to the tracks. Um, the speeds are just, they're fast. The motorcycles are fast. They are. They're, they're fast. And, and I, I, I jumped on vital too, to just kind of see what's on there, troll <laughs> around and see, you know, cause I know this was going to be a topic. I seen some questions come across through, I knew, I knew that Denny, Denny's question was going to be brought up and, and, um, you know, I think somebody, I just was reading this morning about, uh, the first turn and did we have first turn crashes? RC, you had a, had a decent first turn crash at Hangtown. The one, I think, I don't know what year it was. You were Suzuki 450 came in, washed the front and then your feet came off. You did a Superman and you crashed in the first turn. Um, kind of, I'm referencing the J Mart and the, and, uh, Moseman crash oh, right here. I we just, have, Oh. You know, oh. J-Mart got his arm ran over. His arm, I believe his arms broke. Moseman was knocked oh, yeah. out. Oh, oh my yeah. goodness. Yeah, not a good Ooh. one. No, we're not watching Not this. a pleasant one yeah. to watch, that's for sure. Yeah. And, um, you know, like, I can re- go back and reference Vegas Supercross. We have data on, when I was racing, data on my bike coming into the stadium to a, to a concrete wall, essentially, right? You're in the stadium floor and you're racing in from the outside. We hit seven, I think it was 69 or 70 miles an hour coming into the stadium off the single into a flat left-hand turn. So as for these guys today versus when you were racing and then I raced a bit longer after you, like, yes, the speeds have always been, been high since we've kind of gone to 450. Now, has it, are they going a bit faster? Yes, I think they're going a bit faster. Are the bikes a bit faster yes i think but i also think the bikes are easier to ride than what we rode like they're they're as the sport evolves the bikes get faster but they also get more refined um i think i believe suspension and chassis and electronics for call it traction control what traction control we do have all those things do get better so um honestly i think it's guys that are riding that pace when they do have a mistake, um, if they're not able to, I don't know, what do you call it? If they're not able to, you know, keep it together, you know what I mean? Like some guy, like Ricky, you rode on the edge. It wasn't the prettiest, no. but you made it work. You had a lot of crashes, but you also had uh, uh, more saves than you had crashes. Um, same with me. I was a bit on the edge, a lot of saves, not as many crashes. So, 
I don't know. I, I, I don't think, like you said, it comes down to speed is the killer in car crashes and in, in, in our sport too. Um, guys, unless, you know, we were just talking about Hangtown being a one line track, being a bit slower in some areas. And we still have guys first turn Moseman getting knocked out. Uh, J Mart breaking his arm in the first turn. Like it's par for the course of our sport. I don't know. Can you fix it? Sure. You can fix it, but it's, it's going to take a whole redesign of, 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 uh, displacement. Like yeah. it's not tracks. I mean, we can build jumps that, that guys cannot jump. Right. Um, but what are we going to build an 80 foot double instead of, a you know, a 45 foot double, double, and now guys are quadding or tripling it. Right. So <laughs> it's, it's a great point, dude, you bringing up and our viewers and listeners, dude, keep talking. This is maybe people will start to understand like, like, and hopefully agree with what you're saying, because I certainly do. You're, you're spot on. There's nothing I could argue your point right now. Nothing. You know, and it's, it's like, do, does our riders, are we to a point where the riders are, are, everybody is pushing the limits. Maybe this is the next stage of like, call it a little bit of evolution where like everybody's going a bit, they're starting to go a bit faster and they haven't, they haven't, uh, um, they haven't figured out that pace yet. They haven't reined that, that pace in yet. So, yeah. so give it six months, a year's time. And what we're seeing today's pace where guys are crashing and things like this next year, will we see a more refined set of riders able to go this pace, less mistakes, less crashing, um, you know, because it evolves every year. Like it, it does, does get, it does get a little bit faster. Um, the, the crazy thing is, is to like, and this is where I'll, I'll stick up for Dirtworks track crew and, and the promoters of, of Pro Motocross Championship RV. You know that no one's out there trying to hurt anyone. They're not trying to make the tracks, you know, dangerous. Like they're trying to make them challenging for sure. These guys take this stuff to heart. I know the Dirtworks do. I see them a lot more than I see the, you know, the, the people at Pro Motocross Championship. But I know some some great uh some great, uh, some great promoters in pro motocross, the Richies, for one example, they do a great job. Safety is yep. their primary concern, dude. They're doing everything they can at the same time. These bikes are so fast. And I'll, I'll give you a reference. I was thinking about this RV uh, yesterday when we were talking about the topics on the show. And I remember walking the track. And I want you to tell me if this happens. I remember walking the track um, later in my career when the bikes were getting a little faster and I would look at jumps. Okay. And I was like, Oh, oh I, like, I hope that I don't have to do this. Like if it was a triple out of a corner and I knew Stu would do it or whatever it might be, or if there was a quad at the end of the lane that I knew was, you know, like there's a possibility. I would always walk the track thinking, dude, I hope I don't have to do that. Mm -hmm. Or, Hey, I don't have an, in the two stroke days, like, ah, I don't have enough power to do that. So I'm not worried about it. Yeah. And I'm not on track walk that much. Um, when, when you at the end of your career, because the bikes are pretty similar in speed, I feel like now as I do. To your final years, Yep. you like, would you ever walk the track and be like, I don't have enough power to do this or like, like what, what is it? Because that's no, how it was when I was it, It's never, I mean, currently as a 450 to, or, you know, call it 2014, my last year, back to your point of like racing James, cause we both got to race James and we knew that James was, was a jumper. 
Um, no, the 450 was never a question of do we have the have the power like occasionally you'd have a say a triple out of a turn where like man you're really gonna have to carry good corner speed because it's a long uh, a long triple out of a turn but yeah i would think the same thing like okay i'm not jumping this unless i have to and the one that's going to be the deciding factor is is it's going to be james because if james jumps it he's my main competitor a lot of weekends and if he jumps it i have to jump it because if I have, a, if I want to give my chance uh, myself a chance to win tonight, I have to be able to be on the same page as him. So, um, show up for the weekend and James isn't there, then okay, you're like, whew, okay, there's yeah, no, I don't have to send it. Yeah. We're all on the same page when it comes to jumping things. Occasionally, Brayton, Justin would 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 pull something out, but Jay, uh, uh, Brayton was a very very calculated. Um, precise guy when it came to jumping things and mm -hmm. and uh and actually justin was a one i would use a lot like if there was a even a stadium supercross triple we're so used to hitting them five to six eight miles an hour faster than what it takes to jump the jump i would actually use him as a gauge for me i'd go out i'd look around okay they're jumping the, the triples and i would jump in behind justin or somebody that i really knew that wouldn't his first couple laps they're not just going to send it and, mm. and put that scrub into it and, and really overemphasize the speed and, and what you need to do to jump the jump. And I would go and just, all I needed was one time to jump it with behind somebody and get how fast I needed to hit it. And then I was good for the night. Right. So, um, yeah, the, it's, it's an speed, interesting bro. topic speed. Um, yeah. hey. I do, I do think that when it comes down to the tracks and yeah. like you said, like really long straightaways and things like that, sure. Could we, start to design tracks that have that aren't one you know 100 to 200 300 yard long straightaways and things like that sure we can um but that's some not something that you can just snap your fingers or that's going to happen overnight you know like a lot like a lot of these guys and tracks and promoters and and the coombses and promoters have to sit down and and and, and say hey let's not have something over this long so the speeds aren't as high let's make the track a little bit wider so there's more passing um you know i i think it can be done i think it yeah. can be done but it it's getting everybody on the same page to then ad adapt our tracks to to our bikes and i think is is maybe what we is kind of what we need to see is what we maybe we need to start working towards is 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 building our tracks for the bikes meaning not not letting these guys get into not that we ever get into fifth gear, but where you're seeing these really, really high speed sections. But the other, on the other side of it is, is we just watched Chase's crash at Paula. It wasn't a super high speed section. To be honest, he came in there, the track was fresh and he kind of just, he lost the front and rear tire at this kind of similar same time right here, right there. It got loose and it high sided him. So like to me right there, that was uh, a, mis a rider mistake or yeah. that was not, had nothing to do with the track. I mean, the track right now it's, it's, first or second practice here as you can see it's not even rough yet yeah yeah he like like he's initiating see it's a little right hander we're watching the replay of when he crashed in practice at pala and he's he's trying to turn and and then yeah the bike just comes out of the rut total total rider error you're exactly right it wasn't fast that particular section and, and listen things are just going to happen uh, this is why we picked um, Debbie Stevenson for the quad lot question of the week, just because I feel like you and I, we touched on it a little bit, but yes, 
you you bring up a great point. I think that the tracks we need to design the track, especially pro motocross championship, to not have those longer straightaways, slow the speeds down. At the end of the day, I'm going to say it just like you and I are on the same page. The speeds are too damn fast, regardless, and the bikes are too fast. Majority of the time, you watch all these all these all these crashes. They're rider error, but they're going so fast. So the only thing that I know to start is to fix the track and then slow the motorcycles down. Um, we can talk all day about this. What is your, I have two, two topics for you. What do you think about the metal grates and not only the metal grates RV, but the lockdown devices? Do you think, cause this is a, it's, it raises a good point. Do you think that that is what's causing the chaos in the first corners? Do you wish that they would get away from the start device? I personally think that they should. I think it takes away the technique of starting, manipulating the clutch. And that, that I think that they've made it too easy for, for everyone for the start. That's my opinion, but what's your Yeah, I, so I think that when they decided to go to metal grates for, so what, the, what was so emphasizing on practice for lap time for gate pick. Right. So, um, I don't know about the start button. I personally, um, I, I like the start button, especially for smaller guys like me and you. Like, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I do think that, that having dirt starts, uh, first of all, make you, make you have to have a good, um, practice time. It, it, it puts more emphasis on practice. Um, to get a good time because right now when you before you'd line up to a gate and or line up at with dirt start and you're like okay you'd go down and you'd look and look and look and you'd be like okay this one's not good this one's good this one's not good especially for supercross too some gates you'd have three or four only good gates well outdoors it's a bit better and i think that uh that with greats you you equalize the playing yeah. field behind the gate you know and mm -hmm. i think even with a, with a starting button, like we've had before uh, up, you know, we've always, we've had that the last 20 years, let's call it. And, um, like I like the starting button. I don't think the starting button should go anywhere, but part of outdoors is, is having a dirt start. You know, I know that MXGP has gone to it, uh, for, for greats. We're super cross. We have greats. Um, and I, I they're just trying to make it more familiar, but mm -hmm. the great outdoors has always had, um, dirt starts. And I think that's kind of something that, that uh, I think they should go back to. I mean, I, I just think comes down to gate prep. How's your mechanic prep the gate? Where are you picking it? Because and also too, they're not going to launch out of the out of the. If you're talking first, if we're talking speed, they're not going to launch out of the gate um, as fast as they right. would with totally. dirt. So we might be coming into the first turn at Hangtown now, mm -hmm. or Paula, or any one of our nationals, three to five mile file three to five miles an hour faster um versus a metal metal starting or versus a dirt starting um pad right so yeah i don't know i mean i mean we can debate all this you want round and round and round but um yeah, yeah. I, I i do think that that dirt starts are that's outdoors to me yeah hey no fair fair point and then dude even hey two or three mile an hour could could make it make a big difference i think they'll be less bunched up they won't be as even to your point, um, there's well, a starting techniques, art. right? Starting techniques coming down to the, the perfect of the, the release of the clutch. Now, to be honest, no, we, we know nobody's getting wheel spin. So now it really comes down to we've, we've eliminated one to two or three things you have to be perfect on. Now it's 
really it's, it's, it's uh, reaction time and getting your shift points, right? That's what it comes down to before or uh, now before it was reaction time, getting your shift points, right? Making sure that you, you, you get out of the gate. Good. You, you don't explode the rear tire and spin it, or you don't not spin it enough and it wheelies out of the dirt. So I think it takes another element out of it. Now it's just clutch release and shift points in reality. Right. Uh, um, Josh Hill commented on, on Debo's uh, um, post and he, he made a fair point. You know, he's like, he thinks like the, the takeoffs aren't steep and the landings aren't steep enough. And I agree with what he's saying because essentially you, you would think in theory that that would slow people down. Right. Um, what I would say in an argument to what he said is that the problem is, is now with all this horsepower that you have the steep takeoffs, the steep landings, and then it's the, the, the guys still have the power to do it. So they're going to go for it. Like it's going to be not going as fast, but they have the power to do it. They're not scared to try it. Therefore I'm, I'm worried they're going to crash because they have the power to get it done. Right. I, I agree. I think, I, I mean, I, I agree with that. If, if you don't shorten the straightaways and you make the jump steeper, we're going to run into guys um, rushing the jumps, trying to scrub harder. You might get more foot pegs caught on the takeoffs of the jumps. Um, if you make them steeper and more super crossy for outdoor, like for the outdoor track, um, you run into, run into that issue. I just, I really think that like, really like where we were uh, topic was where we were, where the lapper and Joe hitting the, hitting the lapper. Did you see how slow that off camber was? I just think if you really want to make a quick change and I mean, jumping on a dozer and changing it now and, and it really that quick is making the tracks more technical like this, where they have to, like you see how they're standing up through there. They're only going about like Joe fell, right? He fell, he got up like it was a crash. Um, it was a low speed crash. So low speed crashes nine times out of 10, you're going to just jump right back up and you're going to get going. So um, old Redbud, for example, went up on the hillside um, after the start, go down, big step down. And that whole hillside over there had about two, two more, I think, off cambers than we do mm -hmm. currently um, mm -hmm. back when I was racing. So slowing those sections down to where yeah, you can have a high speed section where it comes in, maybe it's third, fourth gear coming into it, but you go down to three, four miles an hour and then back up to, you know, 40 miles an hour where a lot of our turns now they're coming in th 40 miles an hour. Let's call it, use that number. And they're being able to rail a lot of the turns at 20. So we're not starting from three miles an hour. We're already going 10 or 15 or 20 miles an hour through the turn or out of the turn. So are the generation of speed that they're generating around some of these turns because they're so more so much more open. But once again, tight sections per, is one line. So there's that happy medium. Yeah. I mean, dude, and, and just to, to put a bow on it, like you said, we could sit here and debate it all day and, and, and listen, you look at F1, you look at NASCAR, I mean, all those those cars had the those, those companies, those teams had the technology. Those cars could be going 300 miles per hour. Uh, F1 could be. I mean, they're they're dang near close to that. Uh, certainly, NASCAR could. I mean, uh, they were going faster back in the day. They had to slow them down with restrictor plates, and uh, it, it all, in my opinion, and I'm going to stand by this uh, till the day it ends. Is 
I just think that the bikes are so fast. I think that is the root of the problem. And I think everything that we've talked about here today on this show is things that we can make it better, but they're band-aids, right? They're patches, in my opinion. I feel like you got to fix the, the root of the problem. And the, the bikes are just, they're fast. But then you think about the, the OEMs. They spend a lot of money, technology, R&D to get these bikes to where they're at and, and you know, here we are. So maybe we, there, there needs to be a, a greater conversation. That's my opinion. It's going to be hard for anyone to get me to think otherwise. It's, it's more that than it is the amount of races, you know, because RV, you know how it is. You, we racing, you know, we race 28, 30 times a year, 31 times a year back in the day. And then we go get some side hustle in Europe, you know? So mm -hmm. I just, dude, I just think it's the, the bikes are, the, are fast. <laughs> That's it. They are. No, they are. I, they are. I look like you said, we could bandaid, we could, we can fix, uh, we could fix, uh, a, a bit of these things, but ultimately, like you said, the bikes are fast yep. and, uh, and that's just, that's just where our sport is currently, you know, yep. like I don't like, it's not pro motocross, not supercross. These guys are all putting in the work. They're all trying yep. to make it the best they can. Um, little preview into next weekend uh, on NBC and Pro Motocross Championships, a good one. Um, remember, always check out SMX Insider with Weege and JT. That comes out Thursday at 2 p.m. on YouTube. Saturday is round three, Pro Motocross. It'll be a noon Eastern with Race Day Live and the racing from Thunder Valley. Both are on Peacock with the post-race show later on YouTube. Then on Sunday, MotoGP is back from their spring break. I can't wait for this. The Italian Grand Prix from Magello. That is an epic, epic, epic race. Magello is always good. I always want to go there. Never could, uh, never could make it. So you can catch all the action live on MotoGP.tv. Um, then, of course, Thunder Valley. Uh, I, I liked racing Thunder Valley. I didn't like how slow the bikes were. But uh, <laughs> I think it's a good racetrack. It's a little on the fast side. Uh, I feel like when I raced there, I don't know how it was when you raced there, RV. But I feel like it's gotten a little bit faster. But I, I nevertheless, I enjoyed going there. They, they, they do a great job there. They do. It's a, it's a. You got the elevation that comes into play, right? For the rider standpoint, it also makes a big, big difference with the motorcycle performance and power. Um, this one for for the fans' um, point of view. I, if you don't know, we two fifties, four fifties everywhere that we ever race we start in second gear except for places like colorado for the national or utah potentially for the supercross um first gear start so big change up there some guys will try to um change their internals of the trannies to the transmissions to get to the ratios to where they can start in second gear mm -hmm. um we never had that option back when i was racing i doubt you had that option so we would show up there uh, get the bike jetted the best we yeah. could. Um, and then we would start in first gear. So big, uh, that's kind of a big, um, I call it, you know, like that's a, that's, that's something you got to learn or get, you know, be accustomed to knowing that you show up to Colorado. Okay. We're doing first gear starts here, which is not typical for, for our motorcycles. So it's a bit mm -hmm. different. I mean, literally you got to shift to second gear as the rear tire is going over the, the gate. Right. So you got about three, you know, four feet before you're grabbing second, you know, so that, I mean, your foot is right up on the foot peg and you got to shift. Um, and then in the altitude, like I said, it makes a difference in the bike and it hundred percent makes a difference in the performance of, of these guys' bodies. Um, 
you know, being up that high racing for 30 minutes, like it definitely takes a different toll on you than, than racing down at sea level. Right. Right. Thunder Valley will be at uh, 3 PM Eastern. That is well, dude, um, that was good stuff. We, uh, I think we did a deep dive for, um, what was a great topic that, uh, Denny Stevenson brought to life for a quad lock question of the week and Debo, uh, slide into our, uh, direct message if you will. And, uh, we'll get you some product, dude. I think you're going to like, uh, like what they got. Uh, but most importantly, good, great, great topic. Uh, great question. Are you going to, uh, are you going to Thunder Valley? I will be going to Thunder Valley. Yep. Going, uh, going out, uh, on Thursday or Friday, going to check that one out. And, um, yeah, so trying to hit all the close ones while I can without the long travel, you know, it's like, I love going to the races. I love seeing everybody, but man, I, I look and I'm like, God, the the travel is the, I I just dread it, man. I dread the travel part of it. (laughs) Right. Thank you to, uh, Thank you to United Motorsports again, Quadlock Case, Boxo USA as well. Uh, we appreciate you guys and uh, everyone, all of our fans that listen to Title 24. Remember, you can check us out on your favorite podcast uh, applications. We're all on that. Or if you want to watch us on YouTube, remember Motorsports on NBC YouTube page. And of course, Peacock. Uh, it's always on demand on Peacock, so you can go rewatch old episodes. Uh, please like and subscribe. We appreciate all of you guys' support. Um, love it, love the growth. Um, keeps sending those fan interactions in as well, and uh, we will get to them as much as possible. Hopefully, you guys are liking what uh, RV's doing on his personal site. Uh, so make sure you go go there and check him out. Some behind the scenes stuff. They're doing a great job over there with that. And uh, everyone, everyone, have a good week. RV, we will be in touch, and then uh, we'll do this again next week and, and download from Thunder Valley. That's right. Yeah. And guys, uh, I know me and you, Ricky, were talking about, hey, let us know. Hit us up on uh, the DMs. Would yeah. you guys be interested in uh, wearing some swag? We were talking about doing some hats, maybe some T-shirts, some yeah. giveaway stuff. Um, you know, so if right. fans, if you guys would be into, the, into that type of stuff, DM us. Um, let us know. Yeah, let like us we're know. Doing the poll, we're like, should we, make some, should we make some merch just to yeah. uh, show some love to the fans? So great, uh, great point there. Great point, RV. I like that. Yeah, so let us know. We'll, uh, we'll we'll start working on it if you guys are keen on it. Well, we appreciate everyone, and uh, that's a wrap. We will see you guys next weekend. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.